Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. This is Season 6, so sit back and enjoy. Listen to some stories of the weird, of the odd, of the strange and unusual some ghost stories, some cryptid stories, some just strange stuff. Again, welcome to Season 6. Enjoy. Hello everybody, this is Terry from Texas. This is the first episode of Season 6. Can you believe that? We've done five years. So this is Season 6, and this first episode I've entitled Killing Bigfoot. There are other subjects there, but Killing Bigfoot is the main idea. And I'm going to warn you, this is a very opinionated episode. I have some very strong opinions on what I'm going to talk about, and you'll be able to tell that. And I hope I don't offend anybody. I hope I make you think. How smug are we as humans to think that we are the most important creatures on earth? There is evidence, and much of it is anecdotal, some of it is physical, that there are in this world creatures that we honestly know very little of. Much of what is told regarding these cryptic critters, indeed we call them cryptids when referring to them, is again anecdotal and honestly, quite a bit of it is just parroted from one person to the next. One person postulates a theory on Bigfoot, for instance, and it becomes canon about Bigfoot. There may not be much more than a shred of factual, actual evidence involved, but humans, we have no problem believing hair-thin lines of reasoning, do we? There are a number of thought groups regarding Bigfoot. For instance, he is shy. He is afraid of people. He is aggressive when approached on his own territory. Or he may be trying to get in contact with us. And he only communicates in wood knocks, rock banging, or hoops and howls. Then, looking at the dark side of human thought, there are those that have a thought that, in paraphrase, says, the only good Bigfoot is a dead Bigfoot. This is a story about that line of thought. In 2010, a young man named Justin Smeha reported, and rather self-righteously in my opinion, that he had shot two Bigfoots, an adult, possibly a female, and a juvenile, killing them both. He admits to feeling shame at the killings, 
and he says he felt he had done wrong. I tend to agree. His reason for shooting them? Because he said they didn't belong here. To me, that is the worst reason for shooting something which you have no idea what it is. If the only idea you have when you are looking at the holy grail of mysterious science, your answer is, they don't belong here, let's shoot them. Then you should have no access to firearms and very possibly not even access to the natural world. Now, I understand the fight-or-flight response, but this isn't it. I've heard other stories of other outdoorsmen who've reported run-ins with the creature known as Bigfoot, or whatever they are known in that locality. Some were armed during their encounters, but I don't recall any saying they actually shot the creature. The only time I do recall someone saying they shot at and possibly hit the creature, or a creature like Bigfoot, was during an event outside Falk, Arkansas, when the so-called Falk monster laid siege to a group of people in a somewhat rural house one night. A shotgun was fired into the forest in the direction of a supposed critter, eliciting a loud vocal response. I believe the gunshot was to try and run the beast off, which it seemed to do. In a, in a story from 2014, describing an incident which supposedly happened in 2012 here in San Antonio, a self-described professional Bigfoot hunter claimed to have shot and killed one of the creatures in San Antonio. Now, I'm not saying we don't have Bigfoots in San Antonio. I'm not saying we don't have other cryptids in San Antonio. I hesitate to say yes we do, but I don't, I've never seen them, so I can't say we do. The alleged incident was featured in a documentary that left more questions than answers. Rick Dyer finally released pictures of the so-called Bigfoot that he had shot. Bigfoot is 100% real. There's no question about that, Dyer said. And while I would tend to agree with him, I believe that Bigfoot is real. I believe that the creatures who are alike to Bigfoot, who may be Bigfoot's cousins or a related species, I believe that. It doesn't mean I'm going to go out and shoot one just to see if I can get in the papers. Dyer claims he shot and killed the mythical creature in a wooded area on the northwest side near Loop 1604 and Highway 151 in early September 2012. Now, the way I look at a map of San Antonio, 1604 and 151 are not on the northwest side. I'm not sure who laid out San Antonio, but somebody must have been drinking because that is due west of downtown. That's not northwest. 
northwest is I-10 going out of town to the west. This is just due west of downtown. Dyer never provided any proof beyond a grainy video clip he shot of the beast outside his tent. More video was included in the documentary Shooting Bigfoot, but it failed to impress skeptics. Following a lengthy battle with his investors, Dyer said he was finally able to reclaim the body. I'm not sure where the body had gone. He said, I've been worried for so long. I've been put off for so long. And finally, we went up to Washington State and we got the body. Dyer said, every test that you can possibly imagine was performed on this body from DNA tests to 3D optical scans to body scans. It's the real deal. It's Bigfoot and Bigfoot's here and I shot it and now I'm proving it to the world. Dyer has let more than 100 people see this body up close and recorded their reactions. We wanted to get people's reactions, make them believers, and we did it to over 130 people. They did it all right. Dyer said, we definitely made them believers. Maybe, maybe not. Despite a history of past Bigfoot hoaxes, such as August 12th of 2008, Matthew Witten and Dyer released a press release and went on Steve Cole's radio show, Squatch Detective, to announce they had a dead Bigfoot body in their possession. After initially leaking grainy footage that showed Bigfoot, they presented the carcass encased in a block of ice at a conference that was only open to the press. The two announced they had found the 7 foot 7 inch, 500 pound creature while hiking in the North Georgia mountains in June. They also stated that they had spotted about three other similar creatures after making the discovery. According to Dyer, it took them a day and a half with six men to carry out the Bigfoot, all the while being followed by other Bigfoot creatures. A man named Tom Biscardi joined Witten and Dyer for the news conference, stating, Last weekend, I touched it. I measured its feet. I felt its intestines and lauded its authenticity. As it thawed, however, the claim began to unravel as a giant hoax. Jerry Perino, owner of internet Halloween costumer retailer TheHorrorDome.com, said that the costume definitely looks like our costume after viewing photos of Dyer's Bigfoot. On further inspection, it was confirmed that the corpse was, in fact, a costume stuffed with possum roadkill, entrails, and slaughterhouse leftovers. National Geographic called the hoax a short-lived one, as the whole affair lasted only a few days. Upon being exposed, Dyer said that an unnamed government agency confiscated the real Bigfoot body and believing that he needed to produce something, fabricated the hoax. But Dyer insists that he's not fooling around this time. Yeah, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Isn't that how the saying goes?
Bigfoot is not a tooth fairy. Bigfoot is real, Dyer said. The most important thing to me is being vindicated, letting people know that I am the best Bigfoot tracker in the world, and it's not just me saying it. But it was just him saying it. Dyer said he plans to hold a news conference in the coming days where he will show the full body and release the test results. Following the big reveal, Dyer said he plans to take the body on tour across the USA, Mexico, and Canada. He said he will charge a small fee to view the body. In 2012, he claimed to have killed a Bigfoot-like creature here in San Antonio. According to Dyer, he lured the Bigfoot out using pork ribs from Walmart doused in a special barbecue sauce that he had attached to trees. How Texas can you get? Of the experience, he told Esquire magazine, we nailed them all around the trees and then that night we heard Bigfoot come back. I chased him down in the middle of the night. I shot him once. He ran. I shot him again. How noble. It sounds like a prison break from one of those old prison movies way back. He claimed that an unnamed university in Washington state had tested the creature's DNA and told Dyer that it was an unknown species. Dyer's accomplice and self-proclaimed Bigfoot skeptic Alan Islib, or Muskie Allen, of Wakanda, Illinois, claimed to have inspected Dyer's Bigfoot in Las Vegas in February of 2013 and proclaimed it to be the real thing. This claim resulted in many people getting sucked into Dyer's scam. Dyer called the creature Hank and started touring the body around the United States, charging people to view it. To view the body, which lay beneath plexiglass in a wooden coffin, adults were charged 10 bucks and children were charged five. The sold-out tour eventually pulled in close to $500,000. Thus the gullibility of us humans. Of the creature, Dyer stated DNA, DNA sequencing, scans, autopsy, everything you can imagine it has been done. Some in the media endorsed Dyer. Some didn't. Critics soon pointed out that Dyer had pulled off a previous Bigfoot hoax in 2008 and called for Dyer to release more open testing. Throughout the course of the hoax, though, Dyer repeatedly slandered anyone who openly spoke up against him. Many suggested this tactic was just more proof that Dyer was hoaxing again. And they used the word hoaxing, I think, as a replacement for the word um what is it? Lying? Professor Don Jeffrey Meldrum at the Department of Anthropology at Idaho State University stated, The thing has clearly been fabricated to depict a specimen that has been dissected. It smacks of images of alien autopsy. Referring to the revealed hoax of the alien being autopsied at Area 51. Responding to the controversy, team members working with Dyer on the touring 
and Bigfoot projects overall confronted Dyer. Andrew Clacy, a spokesman for the project, wrote, I confronted Mr. Dyer in Daytona on my suspicions of authenticity, and he admitted to me personally that the body of Hank was not a real body, but rather a construct of a company from Washington State, which was paid for by Rick Dyer. I am available and willing to cooperate with any federal or state law enforcement investigations should they arise. And then Clacy immediately flew back to Australia and abandoned both the project and Dyer. With his crew bailing out, Dyer announced on his Facebook page that Hank was indeed a fake. Chris Russell of Twisted Toy Box in Washington admitted he had manufactured Hank at Dyer's request using latex, foam, and camel hair. Dyer had told Russell the prop was for a movie about killing Bigfoot that he was shooting and that he also wanted a baby Bigfoot and a female to be created. Russell started receiving threatening phone calls, emails, and other contact for making the prop and so decided against making the rest of the Bigfoot family. Russell stated, I was asked to make the prop look like a poorly made, old and rotten taxidermy prop that had not been preserved correctly. Dyer did send photos and drawings taken from the internet and asked for certain features to be replicated. Dyer maintains that he actually does have the body of a real Bigfoot that he shot and killed but cannot produce it. That speaks to me in a way that says he says he has it but he don't have it. On his Facebook page Dyer posted from this moment on I will speak the truth no more lies tall tales or wild goose chases to mess with the haters. I never treated anyone bad. I'm a joker. I play around. That's just me. Coming clean about everything is necessary for a new start. Said the great hoaxer in March of 2014. Benjamin Radford, a deputy editor of Skeptic Magazine, The Skeptical Inquirer, stated, if Bigfoot researchers wish to be taken seriously, they could start by cleaning their own house. The biggest threat to their credibility is not skeptics or ridiculing public, but instead, those who provide an endless stream of bogus claims and evidence. In 2013, Dyer was one of four Bigfoot hunters who participated in the documentary Shooting Bigfoot, America's Monster Hunters. Could it honestly have been called a documentary? Or was it a mockumentary? You know, in the realm of the weird, there are stories of alien creatures, seemingly, who attacked humans, who then fought back with firearms. The case of the Kelly Hopkinsville incident in 1955 in Kentucky is one that stands out. The Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, also known as Hopkinsville Goblins case, or the Kelly Greenman case, was a claimed close encounter with extraterrestrial beings in 1955 near Kelly and Hopkinsville in Christian County, Kentucky, in the United States. Ufologists regard it as one of the most significant and well-documented cases in the history of UFO incidents, while skeptics say the reports were due to the effects of excitement. 
and misidentification of natural phenomena such as meteors and owls. That's right, O-W-L-S, owls. The United States Air Force classified the alleged incident as a hoax in the Project Blue Book files, which is not exactly a sterling example of dismissal. On the evening of August 21, 1955, five adults and seven children arrived at the Hopkinsville police station stating that small alien creatures from a spaceship were attacking their farmhouse and they had been holding them off with gunfire for nearly four hours. Two of the adults, Elmer Sutton and Billy Ray Taylor, claimed that they had been shooting at 12 to 15 short, dark figures who repeatedly popped up at the doorway or peered in the windows. Concerned about a possible gun battle between local citizens, four city policemen, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four military police from the nearby U.S. Army base of Fort Campbell drove to the Sutton farmhouse located near the town of Kelly in Christian County. Their search yielded nothing apart from evidence of gunfire and holes in windows and door screens made by firearms. Apparently all projectiles were going out from the house. Residents of the farmhouse included Glennie Langford, her children Lonnie, Charlton, and Mary, two sons from a previous marriage, Elmer Lucky Sutton and John Charlie J.C. Sutton, and their respective wives Vera and Aileen. Aileen's brother O.P. Baker and Billy Ray Taylor and his wife June. Both the Taylors, Lucky, and Vera Sutton were reportedly itinerant carnival workers that were visiting the farmhouse. The next day, neighbors told two officers that the families had packed up and left after claiming the creatures had returned about 3.30 in the morning. The Kelly Hopkinsville sighting is at the origin of the popularization of the words Little Green Men. Prior to this sighting, flying saucer occupants were called Little Men. Little Green Men were limited to the science fiction culture, in particular Mac Reynolds' The Case of the Little Green Men in 1951, and in Frederick Brown's Martians Go Home, 1955. But the day following the sighting, the local reporters started to call the creatures Little Green Men, and the words were soon reproduced in many newspapers, quoted on the radio, and translated into other languages. There was no evidence of dead little green men at the residence. In this case, the use of firearms to ward off an attack is understandable. As a person who is a gun enthusiast, although health issues keep me from engaging in target shooting and a lack of desire to kill animals keeps me from engaging in hunting, I think that too many unstable people have a too easy access to guns. Now, off my soapbox. Do I think people confronting an unknown critter don't have the right to defend themselves? Here in Texas, I use the term A-H-N, which means, oh, hell no. 
Defend away. Do I think people confronted by an unknown critter with an unknown agenda have the right to just gun them down because they don't belong here? Again, and with even more feeling. Oh, hell no. I like to think if I walked out on my front porch and came face to face with a Bigfoot, an alien, or some other critter, well, after losing control of my bodily functions, I honestly don't know what I would do. What would you do if confronted by a scary cryptid or a genuinely spindly alien? That's all for this week. Be back with us next week for another story or two. Have a good week, everybody.